Upon exiting the submarine, we found Pliskin swimming free in his more natural state, a naked, man-sized serpent with a tail and arms and legs. It seemed remarkably untroubled by the cold that I could feel seeping in from the Arctic waters. I'm kind of concerned that I wasn't more bothered, but we all seemed to take it in our stride. Snake pointed to a cable line descending into the dark depths. We followed it down and counted a buoy with a waterproof terminal with an access code. I went ahead and punched in the code. And to quote ACDC, there was light as the gate activated. I looked back and saw the others pointing just as I felt the water swell around me. A killer whale with a metal contraption buried in its head slid past beneath me, its black and white mass moving effortlessly through the water. It was literally an awesome sight, and I will admit to having been entranced for a moment in childlike wonder. The orca went out of sight, back into the black fathoms, and Pliskin bobbed up next to me and said we needed to depart. I didn't waste a second. I passed into the gate and materialized in a great hall with multiple exits and computer terminals. Oshi came through, and I stood watch, awaiting the others as he proceeded to try and access the terminals. Frost, Chief, and Wilmot came through and reported the orca had attacked. Wilmot narrowly escaped its jaws, and he believed Pliskin had saved him, probably at the cost of his lizard hide. Well, R.I.P. Snake. For a murderous, shape-shifting, epidermis-stealing serpent, you were kind of okay. Oshi managed to access a layout of the place, which was zoned in color codes, green, orange, and red. No bets in which of them would be easiest to access. Our stay was suddenly interrupted by the arrival of jack-booted thugs. Frost took immediate action, fired a forty-frag grenade into the lot. They scattered, in pieces. We managed to pierce one of the exit doors, which led to a metal walkway leading into darkness, which we proceeded to cross. Beyond the walkway, a series of laboratories and surgical theaters. In one of the latter, we encountered machines conducting automated surgical interventions in humanoid subjects. They looked like soldiers, which promptly decided we were in need of medical attention and rose and attacked us along with their patients. I decided not to mess around. I blasted my ascendant with a round from the forty-four mag. I blew half of its head off, revealing a metal apparatus embedded in its brain. I was then hit by a robotic syringe, which needed to pump out a greenish fluid. Fortunately, the shield of Isis kept it from going straight onto my skin, but as it hit the floor, it kind of gained a worm-like shape, proceeded to crawl upwards, burning through my already depleted shield defense. I made quick. I dropped my trousers, only to see the green thing trying to work its way up to my Johnson. I know that some guys get a kick out of urethral probes. Well, I fucking don't. I caught the thing by the end and felt it burn through my gloves, but I managed to throw it off me. It was an unfortunate toss, though, as it hit Oshi straight in the face. He screamed like I've never heard anyone scream before as he proceeded to burn his face off. Meanwhile, the other operating the theater had spawned a laser beam for eyes freak. I reacted instinctively, shot the motherfucker in the head. It dropped like a sack of shit, 
but continued to laser out the ceiling. Meanwhile, Will might have managed to get Oshi into a scrubbing room, where they dumped disinfectant all over the thing. It did the job. The thing fizzled out, killed by science. Chief worked his healing magic on Oshi's face. As I read of the 44, prepared to go after the manager of this facility, have a talk with him, and then do a fucking dirty harry on him. After Chief managed to restore some of Oshi's good looks, although he did look a little bit greener than he had before, we heard a woman's voice say something in German. We did what we always do. Advance, divided. So that we could get ourselves killed separately in order to avoid losing face in front of the others. The opposition was of the Valkyrie type. The kind of Valkyrie that vanishes and pops out right behind you. It did exactly that behind Ollie. Sliced him in two with a couple of glowing blades. We then decided that losing face was not as bad as getting cut in half and bunched together. We managed, barely, to deflect a few attacks. Fired off several shots, but hit nothing. She flashed into another corridor, which we already knew to be a dead end. So we tossed almost every stun grenade we had into it. Well, it had the desired effect. We found her, bleeding from every orifice, including eye sockets. Frost rammed his sword through her face. Perfectly reasonable as destroying the head seemed essential to killing the other freaks. She was wearing a harness of sorts, studded with rough gems, unlike the stones we had seen on the Iron Army's weapons. Frost fiddled around with some buttons and then suddenly vanished. We found him, though, at the far end of the corridor. Our ambitions to get ourselves some nice kit were all for naught, as they say. The harness connected to a set of wires that passed into the base of the woman's skull. Someone had figured out that the harness was probably brain-activated. Kind of look-down, shoot-down. Frost probably got teleported because the Fraulein's eyes were pointing straight ahead. Frost and Wilmot each took one of her swords, and I grabbed the sidearm. It's a little jewel. A Mauser C96, 9mm, extended 20-round magazine and three additional strips of ammunition, engraved with an odd rune, which Frost said was an elder sign. Yeah, these bullets might hurt some targets that weren't exactly uh, traditional. We then had to break the news to Oshi that his comrade-in-arms had just died in a particularly gruesome way. He didn't take it well. Fainted, slumped down, and couldn't be wakened. We had to resort to a gurney to transport him. The door at the end of the corridor, where Elsa the She-Wolf of the Iron Army had died, was protected by a numerical pad. Triangle square, plus plus. We made several attempts, which resulted in electrical discharges that fried each of us in turn. Frost then came up with basic gray maths and worked out the solution. 100 plus 64 plus 16, the sum of three squares that totaled 180. Beyond the door, things were looking up, magnificently. A storehouse full of gear, Nazi-style uniforms, boxes filled with glowstones, racks full of weapons, fitted with the glowstones. Then there was the freezer, full of bodies, and a card reader. We plugged in the card that we took from the Fraulein and greeted with a name. Elsa. Okay, Elsa, Elsa, I was close. We decided not to try and pry any further, but just grab as much gear as we could. I figured this was a staging area where incoming skinheads get their gear. 
That led us to believe that, as advertised in the floor plans, the portal to the dreamlands was close. Well, yes and no. There no doubt there was a portal to the dreamlands, among several dozen others. But we were unable to identify it. We had no clue to activate even one of the portals, even if we were able to figure it out. So we settled things in the usual fashion, through open debate, discussion, and dialogue. Until I had enough of that crap, and we went back the way we'd arrived. In the meanwhile, we'd also managed to set off some defensive system or other, as the air seemed to be getting stuffy. On our way back to the chasm, we ran into two nasty surprises. One, Elsa was gone. The reassuring thing was that she did not just get up and walk away. She was dragged. Yeah, you don't need to be in CSI to see streaks of blood on the floor. Two, the sliding doors leading to the chasm were sealed. Sealed as in hermetically sealed. And we should be running out of air very soon. There was only one place to go. The area marked as R&D on the floor plan Oshi had managed to download. Of course, we got there, and there was another damn code. I remember thinking the design of this system was probably a crossword puzzle solver. There was a clue, or a reminder. BPFH2ONP. As we sat down to think on that for a while, the engineer got fast-tracked just a little bit as we heard clunking noises and commands in German behind us. On the upside, the air was getting better again. We switched to a hedgehog formation, ready to blast anything that came up behind us. Of course, if they proved as tough as Hansel and Gretel back in the submarine, we'd probably end up dead. Three of them. Massive, huge, tough, motherfucking zombies on triple steroid overdose. Suddenly, Chief broke rank. The big man occasionally has me puzzled. But it's usually when he puzzles me that odd shit happens. For a second, I thought he'd suffered a breakdown. I kept my sights on snap, crackle, and pop. Then I heard a cheer and saw Frost do a fist pump. Chief had solved the code, and the door slid open. So long, fuckers. We withdrew with unseemly haste and closed the door behind us. For the record, the answer, 212F. 212 degrees Fahrenheit. That's the boiling point in Fahrenheit of H2O at normal pressure. BPFH2O NP.